Welcome back to yet another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. Sam, how you doing? Not bad, Zach. How about yourself? I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. You have a good it weekend? Was, it, yeah, I guess you could say that. It was, it was a solid weekend. Nothing, nothing to rave about, but... I mean, Chelsea went undefeated this weekend, and this whole week. Yeah, four and, points out of a possible six. Yeah. Not bad. It's not considered undefeated in my book. Yes, and you know what? It's a stepping stone. It's something that we could hopefully build on, especially after you know our late second half against Watford. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the Roma game first, though. Um, three three. Um, obviously it was a tie. They they split. Um a point each at Stamford Bridge on uh what was it Wednesday? Yeah. Um starting lineup of uh Thibaut, Thibaut Courtois, Gary Cahill, Dave, and Andreas Christensen slotting into the middle. Um David Luiz was pushed up to the midfield with Bakayoko and Sesk. Nice. Alonso and Zapacosta on each on um the wings and Hazard and Morata up top. So, I mean, at first glance, a huge difference with Morata back in the team. Um, compared to the Bachuai performance against Crystal Palace, um, his chemistry with Hazard seems pretty natural, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, he assisted a goal to Hazard. Yeah. Um, that was a, a really I don't know if it was intentional. Yeah, it was a little bit of deflection. I mean, I know that his, he intended to get it to him. I mean, I thought that that was just like a beautiful chip right to him. I mean, it was a deflection, but still. The way the camera was, the way it was filmed, like, uh, you know, watching it on TV. Yeah. It did kind of look like he like clipped it up there. You're like, wait, what? And then there's no way. But I mean, it's it's still, they're still working together. And, you know, Hazard, I think, is able to play a lot better as a second striker with Murata up there uh, alongside him. He works. He seems to work better when he buzzes around a target, man. And and the nice thing with Murata is that he plays like those fancy flicks, and yeah, he's able he's able to dribble and 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 beat defenders with his speed. And I just think it opens up the game a lot more for Hazard. Um, they they do seem like the perfect combination in terms of playing styles. the mm-hmm. The way each of them plays blends and it works well with the other. So we'll see. You know what the future holds for them. I think that. The way forward, and I've said it time and time again, is eventually the three-five-two, um, and whether Hazard's playing that number ten or whether he's playing alongside Murata, um, I think either way, we could be really, really successful with that. You know, with that formation. Yeah, you know, Murata, obviously, I mean, he he played pretty well. Still, kind of looked unfit and rusty, but that's kind of expected, coming yeah. off an injury. Um, it's gonna take a little bit of time for him to pick up uh, where he left off, but. Mm-hmm but not a bad first game back. No, no, no. It wasn't a bad game at all. Or it wasn't his first game back, was it? Yeah. Did he play? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, didn't, he didn't play yeah, against he didn't, he, he didn't play for Palace. That's right. Yeah, a good first game back. Yeah. You know, it's expected. I saw him in the starting lineup, and, and I wasn't, to be honest, I really wasn't expecting much from him just because, you know, his his hamstring still might be a little tender. Um, He might be a little out of shape or rusty. His first touch might be heavy. To be honest, his first touch looked fine, and you know he started out about the first fifteen or twenty minutes pressing really high and putting in a lot of work up top. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I noticed is completely different to what Batshuayi offers us. You know, like playing at the youth level, and you know, in in, in in any level, the coaches always tell you start the defense starts from the forward. It starts from the striker. Yeah. And Morata kind of epitomizes that. His work rate is awesome. And the other, you know, attacking players like Hazard and Fabregas in that game was wasn't necessarily playing a number ten, but he was playing pretty high up. They kind of they feed off of that energy and and it's something that's really, really crucial to any winning side. Um lazy strikers, especially on defense, they're not only irritating to the midfielders who have to cover that ground, but they're also irritating to the back line as well. Yeah, and then much difficult job. I mean, much difficult, more difficult task for the midfield to cover up that ground with Conte out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, let's talk a little bit about l- losing him and how we looked without him on our field. Yeah, there does look to be a Conte-sized hole, and Golo Conte really isn't the biggest guy in the world, <laughs> so the hole wouldn't be that big. But believe it or not, it's, it's about the size hole. of the whole entire midfield. Yeah. Um. That's, you know, I don't think the team is confident in 
in def- in their in, in pressing to be honest um specifically that midfield um i know we had david luiz in there but he he doesn't hold the candle to Golo Conte in terms of, of in terms not. of press in terms of ball pressure and ball retention yeah i mean that's only the short term fix having bakioko and david luiz there but i mean you could really tell that the team was aware about you know what what losing conte really means you know they they really they dropped extremely deep into our half when we were defending and honestly and su- surprisingly david luis was very very um he was useful and i'm trying the, the word i'm trying to think of is he he was like tame you know he was he yeah. wasn't he, he wasn't exactly he wasn't going out for those tackles like he would if he was you know a, a defender yeah i think he wanted to come back and you know be efficient in, in his in his defending yeah he david luis looked really good in this match um Obviously, he was yanked off. I don't know whether it was because of an injury or just a tactical switch. I mean, we'll go into that tactical switch later because I think it actually benefited us and negated their wing play. Um, But going back to this N'Golo Conte thing, every single match that we play without him, and and I'm guilty of this as well, he's not the flashiest player. You know, he's, he's probably not the first player you think of when you think of Chelsea. He's probably not the first, you know, he's probably... People will say Maratha, Hazard, Fabregas, Courtois ahead of him, David Luiz. I mean, he's probably I, like six or seven down on that pecking order in terms of I mean, household I, names. I think after, so far after this year, he's his name has been has become a lot more popular. But I yeah, wouldn't say the yeah, same yeah. at the beginning of the season and even last year after you know he wanted he won the title with him being a key piece. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's not only his defense that makes me miss him. And going back to what I was saying earlier. I'm guilty of this. I never realized, or I guess I always did subconsciously, how good he is on the ball. He doesn't give the ball away in the midfield. And the nice thing about him is that, you know, a lot of his passes don't go back. He doesn't play backwards. He doesn't even play side to side. He plays passes forward. He dribbles past people. He wiggles out of tight spaces. And that's something that we really, really miss. Bakioko is not going to sit there and kind of like someone that sits there and of himself and he takes a heavy touch. But N'Golo Conte is just so calm on the ball and he's just so tame. It's it's something that we're really missing. and ties into the whole Danny Drinkwater injury situation because Danny Drinkwater is not going to beat defenders you know, with his dribbling ability, but he's so calm on the ball. He's just another calming influence there who could cover ground defensively as well. Yeah, I'm. I gotta tell you, man, I am thirsty for some drink water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're all thirsty for some drink water. Dude. Why don't you just drink some water then? <laughs> no, we need to drink beer after the last couple matches. Yeah, you're right. More than one beer, maybe just straight vodka from um, now on. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sounds good. At four thirty in the morning. <laughs> or actually, next week the Bournemouth game's at nine thirty. Oh time, great, so it's not that bad. Yeah, bit. yeah, we can sleep in for like an extra three hours, two hours. Yeah, and then also another thing that Conte really brings is like. I don't know if you've noticed, but he has that like little like chip pass shot that he does. It's just like, yeah, it like just goes in the air and like lands right into the players. It's feet. a clip. It's yeah. more like a clip. Yeah, a clip. Yeah. yeah, he just kind of clips the ball in. He, he, yeah, he's so good at that. And his range of passing is probably the most underrated aspect of his game. Yeah, because I don't consider him an elite passer, but he's a very very good passer of the ball. He's very efficient. Mm-hmm. We keep going back to that term efficient. But I feel like in, if there's one person that we can apply that term to, it's N'Golo Conte. Because he hardly puts a foot wrong, even though it's a small foot. Right? Yeah. Um, hey, but you know what small feet means, right? Small socks. Small socks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So the goals. <laughs> Let's talk about the goals. Yeah. David Luis. Beautiful. What goal. a shot. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Diego Costa last season, golazo. <laughs> Beautiful golazo. <laughs> That was that was an awesome goal. And to say that I didn't visualize it before he struck the ball would be a lie because I knew exactly what he was trying to do with that thing. Really? Because I, I, what I visualize is it going 15 feet, feet to the yeah. right of the corner, and it was completely not what I expected. Obviously. He had a shot like that. That was way off, and I texted you right after. I was like, this is going to be a meme after I know for yeah. a fact. So oh gonna... my god, that was one of the worst shanks I've ever seen. Yeah, it shanked. wasn't it wasn't just an average shank. Like it was it the ball almost left the TV screen. <laughs> 
Like it almost like left immediately. The, it almost left the the whole stadium. It was yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but this was for for the for the footballing neutral. Obviously, like I know a lot of people that that were neutrals watching this game that were texting me and being like, "Oh my god, what a game!" Yeah, and and it was from that standpoint, I could understand. That's it was an awesome game to watch. It was exciting. It was end to end. A lot of goals. Nothing what we predicted. I mean, no. I predicted it would be 0-0, zero, zero, and I think you did 1-0. Yeah, I had a 1-0. I said no. it was going to be low scoring, and there would be no chances, and just a really dull game overall. Completely wrong. I mean, I thought I thought our defense would show up one. It didn't really. And yeah. I, I mean, and Roma's defense was not all there either. So. Well, they're missing uh, Costas Manolas. Yeah. You know, he... He's their best. He's probably their one of their best players, right. if not their their best player. Um, I want to talk about Edinjeko for a second. Oh man, I know he's X Man City, and I know we're supposed to hate him, but like, kudos to him, man. That was a hell of a performance. And and I know a lot of people are talking about Hazard's brace that game, but I honestly thought Edinjeko had the best game. He he was the best player on the pitch that night. I the thing is, uh, I was watching the game. Uh, in between classes uh, on my computer and you know we're up were, 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 we, were we up or was it it was tied i think and uh we were up two nil we were up two nil mm-hmm. and then i in, in the f- like less than five mi- or less than 10 minutes that it took for me to walk from where i was before to my class and then to open up the thing again Jacko had scored in two scored two goals and I missed both of them, but two beautiful. Goals. Yeah, I went back to watch it and wow, I mean, yeah, that volley was crazy. But that kind of goes to what that kind of attests to what we're missing. You know, Ingolo Conte gives our defense and our backline so much confidence and so much more. I don't know. He just gives them less to worry about, right? And with N'Golo Conte, we there's no way in hell we would be sitting back, absorbing pressure at home to Roma, who's not known to be a possession-based team, right? Mm-hmm. Like usually they're the ones sitting back and hitting on the counter. Not today, or no, last and, and and that's the thing. I think it was Federico Fazio who who clipped the ball in, and he had so much time to pick out that pass, like. It was almost – he had at least three or four seconds of settling the ball, picking up his head. Yeah, we can't have that. No, no, that's, no. That's, that's all. And, to, and to be honest, there's no reason why Jekko should be breaking through our lines that high up the pitch. You know, the ball's at midfield, and he, and he finds a way to break through our lines. And all right. three of our center halves are in the box. It's, it's terrible defending. It was, it was, I thought it was so disappointing. And then let's talk, how about that, that Kolarov goal? I mean that was really really sick, but I had a huge issue with that I mean, Colorado goal. Yeah, Zapacosta and Dave both. I don't know what what happened. I don't know if it was a lack of communication or a lack of chemistry or I don't know what it is. But lately, Dave hasn't been having the best run of form. I mean, obviously he scored the game winner at Watford uh, against Watford, but right prior to that he didn't have the best game. I There's, thought he struggled. And the thing is, I don't think he makes too many mistakes. But when he does, it's pretty obvious, isn't and it? And it's it's one that leads to a goal and it's yeah. just I don't know if it's just misfortune of like the timing of his mistakes because he's usually a very consistent defender and uh he doesn't really make too many mistakes, but in the past couple weeks he's either not marked the right person or uh marked a person who is already being marked by someone else and leaving someone else wide open. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's not very common that that happens, but when it does or when it has happened, it like, it's led to goals. Yeah, yeah, it, it has. I don't know. I I thought I thought maybe this was, this was going to be a game where I would regret or we would eventually regret not picking up all three points, but in a way I kind of see it as a point gain. Roma's a very good side. And how about it's Letty drawing I, with Karabog? Well, no, that, that's really good for us. That was that was definitely a plus for us. Yeah. Because now I think Athleti is basically done. They already dropped one home match. The mm. only way they could redeem themselves is if they beat us and Roma on the road. That's what they need to do. And it's the likeliness of that happening. It just it just doesn't seem right. Um, but yeah, I mean. I do think that the lack of possession that we had in the game, I mean, just a final thought, I think that's eventually what killed us, 
is that we didn't go out there and, and control the tempo of the game. We kind of played their tempo. And once we started getting into our groove, we put two past them. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, it was basically Roma's Roma's game. Um, 58% of possession to Roma compared to our 42. Yeah, that's not so, nothing what I expected. No, no. And I, I honestly thought it would be the other way around. But So what do you think of Christensen's game? Um, I thought he played okay. I thought he was at fault for the um, for the Edinjeko header mm-hmm. on on that free kick. I, you know, I watched it again and again and again, and it seemed like Christensen lost his footing, but he kind of got sandwiched in between Cahill and one of their players, so it was kind of hard. It's it, I think I think it is harsh to blame him for that, but at the same time, you know, why is Gary Cahill gar- or why is Christensen guarding their best player aerially? I think. In any situation on the corner, especially or a free kick, Gary Cahill should be guarding their biggest threat in the air because Gary Cahill, frankly, is our best player in the air. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, without a doubt. So, in the air, yeah. So why Christensen was on him, whether it was a switch or – I think I think that's what happened. It was just a last-second switch. I think so, I don't yeah. think that, that Conte would intentionally allow – I mean, put Christensen on him knowing that how good he is in the air, plus with Gary Cahill on the pitch too. Yeah, I mean, whatever it was, it led to a goal. So our defending hasn't been pretty of late, and that definitely didn't, you know, put us in the best light either. Mm-hmm. The de- it's simple. The defending just has to get better. And, and even as we, you know, blend into part two in the Watford game, it's it's just not acceptable. We're conceding goals at a high rate. I mean, the last two games alone, we conceded five goals at home. It's not elite numbers. No, no, not at all. And not against, you know, very strong competition either. I mean, I would put Roma in, I, I wouldn't consider Roma one of Europe's best, but they're a very, very strong European side. Okay. But Watford, I mean, we, we conceded two to Watford. I mean, I guess we could kind of, you know. Do you have any final thoughts about the Roma game? Yeah. Um. I think I think switching it. Switching up a formation mm-hmm. from a three-five-two to a three-four-three in the second half, it really helped us out a lot. Yeah, because most of Roma's threat was coming from the wide positions, and I and teams are starting to figure this out more. Watford did it as well. Even Palace, they they found a space in between our wing backs and the right and left center backs, mm-hmm. and they exploit that area. I think I don't, I don't, I really can't tell which one I like better, which formation I like better, but I think. But I'm just really pleased to have um, Conte as our manager, who's able to you know make those changes at halftime. Um, yeah. Either you know to to see oh three five two is not working, let's switch it over, mm-hmm. or you know vice versa three four three four three is not working, let's switch it over to three five two. Yeah. You know having a good tactical manager like that, like I can't I can't figure it out what what why one formation works some games and why the other one works in other ones. But, you know, as long as we have someone out there to make the changes during the game, I think uh, we'll be fine. It's not something that we had in the past. I mean, especially with Mourinho, he was very pragmatic in his approach. Mm-hmm. And and he'd go out some games and we knew that it was going to be a nil-nil. But with Conte, I said it last week as well, he goes out and he wants to win every single match. And he'll make the necessary changes to do that. And, I mean, I thought we were fortunate to get a point. And, like I said, it's a point gained. So, I mean, I guess that's my final thought. It's a point gained. You know, mm-hmm. we scratched another one off the list. I think the more important match is a return leg at Roma. Because I think they figured out our weakness. And that's in the midfield without N'Golo Conte. who's still not going to be available for that return leg. So, what Conte does to to counter that or, you know, whatever tactical switches or adjustments he has to make... Um, we'll see, but that's going to be crucial. That match is going to be absolutely crucial. Um, I do think this is one of those, that's going to be one of those matches where we do have to go full on Mourinho and just kind of nick a draw and get out of there. Um, I'll be very surprised if we, if we go in there and just absolutely destroy them because their midfield is unreal. What about you? What do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I was talking about the return leg. So for the return leg, what do you think we need to do to, you know, get a solid result? Well, hopefully by then we're going to have uh, Conte back, Golo Conte back. 
Um, so, you know, the defensive woes that we're talking about will pro- hopefully be alleviated by then. Um, and yeah. also, I don't uh, think he'll, I don't think he'll be back for that because that'll be what four weeks since he got injured. Will it be? Yeah, because he's he got it. It's three weeks now, mm-hmm. so it'll be four weeks. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's not much to do. With our, our honestly, our only hope is Danny Drinkwater, maybe. Yeah, I mean, who knows when he'll be back? I mean, he he, he was I just reported at s- practicing this week, but. I just want to see what he looks like, right? Yeah, I just want to see what he looks like in a Chelsea kit for crying out loud. <laughs> like, is that too much to ask? Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you buy a player in FIFA, and then you play with him for like maybe like half a match, and then he gets injured, and then they tell you, oh, he's gonna be out for six months in <laughs> FIFA, which is only like three weeks in real life, but. Or you mean like two hours because you just simulate until the end of it, right? No, I don't simulate. I play every single game. All right, game. cool. Yeah, I like. I don't simulate either. I like the stat pad. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I never simulate. Um, but I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But let's let's dive into Chelsea versus Watford. So obviously we got out of there with all three points, four to two. Your boy Michi coming through. Um, oh boy. We started it with Courtois on goal. Rudiger returned to the right. David Luiz in the middle. Cahill out on the left. Alonso in front of him with Dave on the right. Um, wing back that is Mr. Uh, Bakayoko, Sesk Fabregas, aka Baka Not Nice, aka Baka Not Nice, um, and the return of Pedro Hazard and Murata. So, thank god, believe it or not, this was the first match that Pedro Hazard and Murata all started together. Wow, which is pretty shocking considering that it was Pedro Hazard and Diego Costa last year, it was yeah. like our that was our you know, to go to, that was our yeah. go to. So Technically, this would be our strongest front three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I mean, as opposed to having William there, I mean, yeah, that's a yeah, no-brainer. I, yeah. I think after this match, I, I think William will rarely get a start ever again. I mean, just on special circumstances. I thought but he did okay when he, when he came in. I, I, I'm I, just saying the way Pedro played as compared to oh, yeah. how William's yeah, been yeah. playing, I think that William might have lost his spot. I, th- I just think Pedro's a little bit more suited to Conte's game. Because Conte doesn't look for the most technical players of all time, which is exactly what William is. He's very technical. He's very, you know. And, and also, we're not scoring a lot of goals, and that's what he brings. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pedro, Pedro has a little bit of number nine in him, doesn't he? Yeah, like, he, he has does. that. He has that striking ability. He, go, he goes for goals. I mean, yeah. William doesn't really go for goals. He he plays around the ball a lot and goes for crosses, but. Yeah. Pedro had a lot of nice shots, a lot of nice braces. Believe it or not, Pedro has been involved in more Premier League goals um, than any other Chelsea player in the last two years. Wow. Yeah. So I just believe it. Just an interesting fact. Uh, he has 18 goals in the Premier League and 12 assists since he joined the club. Wow. So scoring at a high clip, considering that's within two, you know season and a half, two seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah, two and a half seasons. Two and a half. Yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, because he came in. Jo- he came in the year Jose left. Oh God, who? That, yeah, who? Um, but let's dive into the first half. I thought it was extremely frustrating, just because we should have been up two 0 Right, I, I thought we were the dominant side. We were for for the first half. I mean, honest, piece. it it, it kind of went both ways. Watford at the beginning, they they went guns out blazing, and yeah, and I think you know, obviously, they had some chances that could have gone in, but. Uh, I think that the chances that we put up were higher quality. Yeah. And I think we were kind of a, kind of a little bit in shock of how hard Watford played and how, how good of a footballing side they were. Yeah. I mean, y- you said it. Watford's a really good footballing side. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they have they're tech- top five they have, for a reason. They have a very nice blend of technical players um, with pacey players, with strong players like Troy Deeney. Do you know their manager's name? I'm slipping uh, my mind. I, I'll look it up right now, but keep yeah, on going. Yeah, he uh he was Hull's manager last year, Silva. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um God, what's his first name? Marco Silva or something like that. I'll I'll look it up. Just yeah. continue your take. But um I don't know. I was I was very frustrated watching it because like I said, we should have been up two nil. And we have this oh, it's so so annoying to me maybe because i was a center back but mm-hmm. we concede goals at the worst possible times oh, man. what 
Another thing they teach you in youth soccer is the two Marco, Marco Silva. Silva. Yeah, yeah, it is Marco Silva. One of the things that they teach you in youth soccer is the worst times to concede a goal is in the beginning of the game or the end of a half, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what we've been doing. We've been conceding at the end of the first half after playing a decent first half. Mm-hmm. Like like it happened versus Roma. I didn't think our first half against Roma was that bad. I thought I thought we played okay. Yeah, it also happened in the game versus Crystal Palace and of course mm-hmm. this game as well. I mean, think about it. If those goals weren't scored, do you think the other teams would still have the confidence no, coming on to the second half? It's an absolutely game changer. It is I mean, a game changer. Yeah, I mean it's the difference between us going in with the with the advantage versus it being, you know, might as well being nil nil, like starting a new game. But not even. It's I think it's the whole mentality of the opposition changes. Like if Watford didn't score before the half, they wouldn't have come out in the second half all over us like that. Mm-mm. There's no way in hell they would have they would have come out with that much confidence. I mean, you could tell that they were trying things that were just coming off just because of effort, just pure effort and belief. And for large parts of the second half, actually like the first 20 to 25 minutes, I know it's an English phrase, but like we did look like a pub side. Like we looked pathetic. And it was, I I had a facepalm the whole first 20 minutes of the second half i was just like oh my god this is dreadful it's pretty worrisome too i mean regarding our back line I, it's hard for me to have complete trust in them now i mean versus how i felt about them the, to begin the season which is so weird for me to think about considering how many you know quality center backs we have at our disposal right now yeah i don't a part of me thinks that we might be rotating the back line a little bit too much. Right. So that way there's no established back three. Like this whole season, we really haven't established a back three to where we could say, oh, yeah, those are our three go-to guys. We don't have that. Last year we did, um, mainly because of a lack of options, but they had that chemistry. And they all knew how to play with each other. And there's a lot of miscommunication with between David Luiz and Rudiger, especially with Richarlison. What a player, by the way. He is unreal. Like, I know we were linked with him throughout the summer, and I mentioned him last week, but I had no idea he was this good. Mm-hmm. But in a way, he was kind of our man of the match because he missed maybe, what, two open nets? Yeah. Two sitters from, like, the six-yard thank box. God. Yeah, thank God. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just this ability to allow late goals is it's like the bane of my existence at the moment. It really is. Um, does it worry you at all? I mean, I know we talked about N'Golo Conte and, and him not being there might affect the confidence of the back line. Um, but it's kind of hard to trust them, huh? I think that if we would, they would have a, a little bit of an easier time had Bakayoko played a better game. But um, I think I think this was one of his worst performances for Chelsea, right? Would you agree? Yeah. Um, Bakayoko's? I would say so. I, and it's not a knock on him. I mean, playing three games in a span of seven days, is mm-hmm. it's especially at an elite level, is, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not saying he played are. poorly. I was just saying, I, I think that it was compared to his other performances, it was yeah. didn't really live up to the standard that you need, especially when you're missing your key defensive guy. And it's, he's supposed to make up for that he, he's playing at a worse level than he usually does it's just this lack of options is just driving me nuts mm-hmm. and he, yeah, uh, he definitely looked leggy yeah 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 he, he does look he does look like he's getting a little tired um but like you know we can't rotate our midfield because we only have two healthy midfielders right so conte really didn't have a choice and i think anytime we play at home i think susk should be playing in the midfield too because we should be on the front foot playing at home, especially against a, a side like Watford, who mm-hmm. actually took it to us. But, you know, as history has shown, those are the sides that usually sit back and try to hit us on the counter. Um, I don't know. He he was at fault for the second goal, though. And that drove me mad because I saw it from a mile away that he was going to lose the ball. And then, you, and then you see Pereira sprinting maybe the whole length of our half alone. With nobody tracking him. Yeah, he... Bakayoko just kind of jogged back all lackadaisical and, and watched him 
control the ball in the box and slot it home. That was fucking annoying. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to do almost completely to do with the fact that he had to play, you know, three games in the span of, you know, a week and a couple of days. It's a big ask. Um, you know, he he looked he looked pretty leggy and yeah, he was not tracking that Pereira for that goal. Um nice finish by the way. Yeah. He and, he's he's a solid player also. Yeah, but I mean, if it weren't for Conte's adjustments, I I don't think we would have been able to finish that game. But ah, uh, yes. So if you're a Conte hater, you're gonna love this part. <laughs> or if you're a Michi hater. Or if you're a Michi hater. So Sam, I know you're gonna enjoy this. I but do. I, he took out Maratha in the in the 61st minute for Michi Bachuai, which was actually surprising for a lot of us because we thought he was never gonna see the light of day again. Yeah. Especially after the Pal's performance. I mean, I I I knew that Murata wouldn't be able to play another game in a week after coming back from this injury. Yeah, I knew that we he had to be subbed out. I didn't know that it was going to be for Michi, but what were you thinking when you saw Batshuayi? You know, getting... I mean, we've we've talked about it in past weeks. He's the super sub. I I I said if we can if we can start another player and then just put Michi in in the second minute. He'll probably be a far <laughs> phenomenal player than if he were to start, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, okay. I think I think we figured it out. What's what's Mishi's problem? He's complacent if what? if if he's not put in a pressurized situation. Yeah, if you put him in for twenty minutes, there's he only has twenty minutes to make an impression, so he feels more inclined to, you know, go balls out. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think do you think Conte putting him in was a matter of him being desperate because you know oh, yeah. we had no more options, or was it? Do you think it really was? Oh, hey, maybe me, maybe a poacher, a pure poacher, would be you know ideal for a match like this. I mean, I don't know how much, how much you could really trust him out of you know from the from the past couple performances that he put up, but yeah, I mean, we we did need a poacher in that situation, I guess, and uh, I, I I can't really say what what he was thinking. You know what? what? You, think? you know what? I don't think this whole Conte doesn't trust Batshuayi thing. I, I I don't buy into it. Have you ever seen what he says in the press about Batshuayi? Yeah, he always defends him. He loves him. He loves his attitude. He loves his he he loves his you know the way his he loves his personality. I mean, there's not really a lot to hate about Batshuayi besides the whole work rate thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think Conte hates him as much as the media says they do or says he does. Um. Another good sub, though, he threw on Willian, who mm-hmm. has been dreadful as of late, but he took out Marcus Alonso, which, oh, God, speaking of players who just haven't had an impact lately, Marcus Alonso, yeah. ever yeah, since the Tottenham game, yeah, compared to how he looked, in the we might have cursed season. it because we <laughs> went out on a limb after that match when we were still drugged out and said, is, it, is, it the is he the best left wing back in Premier League? <laughs> I didn't say that. We're still no, pretty we new to this whole that. podcasting thing, in case you didn't know. But I mean, what what's a Chelsea fan really if he doesn't have insane if you're not going to be quick, biased? Quick takes at the beginning, right at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, you're not a Chelsea fan if you don't come out with outrageous claims. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he threw Willian in for Marcus Alonso, and we and we shifted into a four four two with Hazard and Michi up top. That was a game changer, and. Um, I have a rant a little later that I want to go into about the whole Conte out thing, but people that say Conte isn't tactically astute, just look at what he did. He changed it to a four four two. The game flipped on its head. The only way Watford could control the four four two was by taking Troy Deeney out, who was their target man, and throwing on another midfielder to clog the center of the pitch, because Fabregas started feeling it. He was starting to pick out passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, William came in and. I thought he looked great. He looked he he looked refreshed, mm-hmm. and he looked like he didn't look like a man under too much pressure. He just kind of went out there and did his thing. Um, but that cross for the Aspilicueta goal, my God! Wow, yeah, good, really, really good job by him. Good job, good job, good job, William. No, but I mean from what the cr- from what I expected him to look like. I mean, he, he he proved me wrong, and I really really liked that. You know, effort. he the first time he touched the ball, he he connected a pass, and I was like, "What? No way! He didn't give it the ball away in the <laughs> middle of the field." It was nice. I don't know. It might have been due to the fact that he was coming off the bench, and you know, it's kind of the similar thing as 
Bakioko, you know, when you when you have so little time to prove your worth, mm-hmm. you're gonna go all out, and it's not, you know, it's only for thirty minutes, twenty thirty minutes. To, to Michi, that's Michi. Yeah, what yeah. did I say? Bakioko. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's why. Thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, that's what I meant. Um, but yeah, um, what, what also the, the, another sub that looked really good, Zapacosta. I mean, he, was immediately. Yeah. Immediately when you put in, he he. Was, got the ball the ran first, down. His first touch was a ridiculous cross, like right across the <laughs> six-yard box that no one was there for. I mean, yeah, he subbed in, and literally when he was running on the pitch, he didn't stop running. Like, he didn't stop running. He just kept no, on going he's... and then, you know, went went for that cross. And uh, I love him, but he's, <laughs> yeah. he's still... <laughs> that's, he's, only, that's really the only thing to say about him he's is not, I love him. He's not the greatest one-on-one defender, but, I mean, that's not really what we have him for. Yeah, he, he, he he's... Probably the best crosser on our team. I mean, taking away uh, Marcos Alonso's first couple games, yeah. I think that Zapacosta right now is probably the best crosser on our team. He's cut from the same cloth as Marcos Alonso. I feel like, yeah, he's he, you know he he's a tall, lanky wing back who, at full speed, is really fast. Not necessarily the quickest over the space of five to ten yards, but just a guy that could wrap his foot around the ball and whip it across the box is. It's really nice. Yeah, it is very nice, and that cross just—oh my god, that was that was pretty. I, I can't say enough about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he threw on Zapacosa for Pedro. Um, he went back to the three-four-three when he changed the formation again, and it worked. And mm-hmm. I'm just—I'm so sold on on Zapacosa just in general. I like his game. He didn't have the best game match against Roma, but. I like him. I think I think he's a solid pickup. Right. Um. So just I mean, really, really quick. Chelsea had twenty eight clearances in this match. So if you want to talk about creating chances and creating havoc, Watford pretty much did that. Yeah. Watford only had sixteen clearances. Believe it or not. Um. I bet you twenty out of those twenty eight clearances for Chelsea were in the first twenty minutes of the second half. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean. Overall, do you think it was a fluke victory? No, not at all. I mean, did we really deserve to win it? I, I mean, I think either team deserved, like, could have came out with the win. But to say that we didn't deserve to win is not right. I mean, we, we made so many chances. Pedro looked really good. Uh, uh, Pedro looked awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, Hazard did not play the way I th- I wanted him to um and I, I think I think that he just isn't a- able to play like two elite games in a row you know, in the same week that's the thing that we talk so about we talk about putting him in the same category as Gareth Bales and the, and the Neymars and that's the only thing that holds him back is he just he has this knack to just disappear you know Whenever he feels like it, so. So let's let's talk just, a little bit about uh these uh Conte out rumors. Uh, you know, uh, so it was leaked last week. Supposedly the players were unhappy with uh, how intense the training has been, and uh, you know the ones Conte and his staff really imposed a really intense training. Uh, so let's hear what you got to say about that, Zach. Cheap lazy journalism, so. I'm- it's like it's cheap, lazy journalism disguised in the form of clickbait. That's exactly what it is. I kept tweeting during the match that the Conte out twats are stupid, and I was right because a lot of people are using that logic that I honestly don't understand for the life of me. That that Conte is not a good tactical manager. Someone actually said that on Twitter to me. Are you serious? Did you watch? any of the Premier League last year, what other top side in the Premier League was playing 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 before us? He revolutionized the league. He changed the way that teams approach matches. He changed the way that teams go out and purchase players in a transfer market. If it wasn't for him, the, the wing back wouldn't exist in the Premier League today. There no. wouldn't be three center halves. Definitely not. And <laughs> it's funny because right as, right as I was engaging with him and, and, and defending Conte, in on Twitter, 
obviously talking to the haters. Conte switched to the 4-4-2, and then the match completely flipped on its head. He brought on Zappa, Willian, and Michi, who all had blinders, in my opinion. And they were all very integral in the comeback that we had. Just just the whole idea that he's not a tactical manager just baffles me. Like, like look at the Atletico match. Tell me that wasn't a tactical masterclass. Or the Tottenham match at Wembley. Or the entirety of last season. It's just... I, I, I don't understand it. He knows how to change the system to get a result. And this match was proof. He had the balls to take out our marquee striker for someone that was struggling. He took a chance. And it worked. Like, no other manager would do that. Can you see Jose doing that? Can you see Jose taking off Drugba or Diego Costa in a second stint? for whoever our backup was. No way. There's no chance in hell that that would happen. One of the one of the people on Twitter actually told me Conte doesn't he ran out of ideas for to in terms of how to deploy the midfield. <laughs> what midfield? What <laughs> midfield? We have two healthy midfielders if you haven't noticed. We have David Luiz playing and he's David Luiz is playing midfield and he's a center <laughs> half. Like it's just proof that some people don't watch the game and they go ahead and they write things on twitter that they really don't mean I, I at least that's what i hope but we're chelsea fans we do that all the time yeah <laughs> but 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 like go ahead for a second take a deep breath stare at yourself in the mirror and say am i an idiot and if so should i post this on twitter because if you do i'm gonna call your ass out like i'm doing right now if you do want conte fired this is the question i have for you who the fuck do you expect us to bring in as his replacement every top manager is either not available or either managed us already. Chelsea fans need to chill out. Realize that we have a genius on our hands. If you think he's not good enough, you don't know football. It's as simple as that. Get a life and start talking some sense on Twitter instead of this bullshit nonsense. A loss to an amazing Manchester City side who's a clear title favorites. A loss to Crystal Palace and a draw against a very, very good Roma side is not the end of the world. It's not. It's just that simple. United lost to Huddersfield last weekend. Are you hearing Josie out? Are you hearing that? Is it the end of the world for Man United? No, it's not. You need to relax and think about this. Antonio Conte is a genius, and we're so lucky to have him as a manager. And if you could hear the audio of the match last weekend, the fans chanting Antonio... That should tell you everything you need to know. This guy has an affinity with the club that I haven't seen yet with any other manager. So, how's that for a rant? And uh, that was this week's edition of Zach Corey's Chelsea Rants. No, but no, but seriously, it's something that like really pisses me yeah, off. I think I think we all as a fan base need to do a better job of be- being less reactionary. I mean, that's that's honestly all soccer fans in general. They see one game. That's honestly all sports fans in general. We see one game and it's completely the end of the world. We win, we win one tough game. We're title favorites. You know, we these we're guys also these guys play football nine months out of the year, and they're entitled to have a shitty match every now and then. I it's just and, and the same thing goes for managers. Managers get it wrong. Sometimes they get it wrong. Even the best in the world get it wrong. Ah, oh, it's, it's so irritating, man. <laughs> I agree Need with you. Drink. Let's uh let's get into the match previews coming up this week. So yeah. we got first off uh we've we've got a match against Everton against in the Carabao Cup. Uh Chelsea that being the home team this match. Um Everton just parting ways with uh Komen and so you know we we've seen the trend going on in the Premier League where right after a team sacks their manager it gives them really rejuvenated energy. Do you think uh Everton will be a threat because of that or or at all I think they will um I think they're going to give us a match a proper match actually the difference between Everton Everton and and most sides that lose their managers most sides that lose their manager are usually at the bottom of the table and teams that are expected to go down and that are that know they're going to be in a relegation battle Everton is a team of quality players that just haven't gelled well together it's a bunch of really, really talented midfielders, an average defense, and no strikers. Mm-hmm. And they should be doing better, yeah. 
I mean, there are obvious holes in their squad, and they that's, should be doing that's better. That's why their manager got sacked. Yeah, I mean, Kuman did not. He purchased what, like four center bids this season, mm-hmm. but I do think they'll be a threat. I think they'll give us a hard time, um, but in the end, I don't think that they're gonna that they're gonna. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna hurt us fatally. Like I don't think it's gonna be a game changer. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna go out there and just absolutely smash us. I think they're gonna go out there and give us one solid half of football, and then we're gonna kind of turn it on. I think three one Chelsea, Musanda and Hazard. I hope Musanda scores. I hope he plays. <laughs> I, no, I, I actually hope he plays. He had an Instagram post today that said "See you soon." Yay! Yeah, that was Beautiful. awesome. Yes, he he, he, he works being smart. Tw- being smart on Instagram. Now, yeah, so yeah, like, he learned. Uh, I think after the Crystal Palace match, I'm I'm not going to underestimate any team for the rest of the season. <laughs> this is football. You know, you never know. Any any given Saturday, they a team could could just play out of their mind and and defeat us but i i don't think that this is the match um i think we're probably gonna finish the game hopefully three zero maybe two maybe two zero i don't i don't see either everton everton hasn't everton doesn't really have uh, a goal scoring threat this yeah. season besides the occasional Wayne Rooney stunner from right out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not nothing consistent so I don't think I don't think we should worry too much about them scoring but then again Crystal Palace scored their first goals of the season against us and our defense has been very suspect lately but I'm gonna cross my fingers and uh, trust that uh, Conte will be able to fix our lineup and we win either a 2-0 now. nice well um, this is one of those situations where I'm actually glad we played Everton earlier on in the season, and we knocked one of those games out because whoever they do bring in as a manager is not going to have enough time to implement his playing style in three days. Um, but further down the line, I think Everton does have the personnel to put together a pretty solid squad, and I don't expect them to be in the relegation scrap come April or May. I think they're going to be, you know, maybe 14th or 15th in the table, maybe seven or eight points clear of the relegation zone. Wow, I would never think at the beginning of the season that they would be in discussion. We were just relegation. talking about how awesome their transfer window was. But, yeah, no, had no, not even the slightest thought in my mind that they would be in contention to rele- be relegated. But, yeah, look, look at them now. Well, we're running out of time, so let's let's get to this Bournemouth match. Mm-hmm. They currently sit 19th in the table. Um Last year, they they were actually the surprise. Mm-hmm. They 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 played really well, but they're struggling this year. Um, you know, to say the least. So what what are some players that uh we gotta look out for? Um, well, so far their leading goal scorer is Andrew Sermon. Um, I think he's South African, if I'm not mistaken, but he has two goals. So. Wow! Wow! Uh, scoring a at a high clip, yeah. but um, they do have Nathan Ake, very solid defense. I mean, to be honest, they only allowed thirteen goals in their nine matches, which I know is not a great stat, but it's a little harsh for them to be in nineteenth because there's a couple teams that are mid table that allowed over twenty goals conceded. Yeah. Um, but they also have Joshua King on their team, and this is the type of player that I think we have to worry about the most. Because you got a pacey striker who's really clever with his movement. Um, and that's the type of player that gives us problems. And it's very similar to Richarlison. So if they wind up deploying Josh King in one of the wing positions, I think they could really hurt us by exploiting that space behind our wing backs and our and in between our wing backs and our center backs, which seem to be the trend that every team is going after against us. And it's working in all fairness. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, I guess going on to the predictions. Well, then, of course, also another player that we have to look out for, a player that Chelsea fans are familiar with, Nathan Ake. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, low-key mentioned him already. Oh, you did? All right, maybe I wasn't paying attention. No, no, no. no. But, but I, 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 <laughs> no, I do think there's something that does need to be stressed. He knows our system, and, and he knows the way Conte likes to set up his sides and, and the way he the way he goes after certain opponents. So maybe... Maybe that could be an edge for Bournemouth. You know, maybe he could go up to Eddie Howe's office and say, "Hey, boss, like, listen, this is the way he's gonna come out against us. This is the way he thinks." Oh, some inside information. Yeah, wow, yeah. very valuable. And and to be honest, this is a guy who we didn't want to leave at the end of the season. No. And he's a very solid defender. So 
Yeah, I think he's, he's probably signed, the, he's probably he signed for a, cl- a club transfer fee for uh was it twenty million? Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a yeah. record for Bournemouth. But I mean, let's be honest, he's probably their best player. Right. If I could pluck any of those players and and, and make my own team, if I could pluck one player from each team. Nathan Ake would be the one I take from Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Lewis Cook, who we didn't talk about. Um, center midfield English, very very solid. But again, very I don't proper. think. I don't think he's the type of player that's going to hurt us in a match like this because we're going to have most of the possession. Um, Bournemouth is a possession-based side. I mean, they they played football last year, but this year they just they're struggling. Mm-hmm. So, I think that this Watford result is going to be a kick for us, and it's going to kickstart our season again, and we're going to get back to winning ways. And I'm going to go three nil. Yeah, I mean, this this side gave. Man City, a, a pretty hard time this season. I think it took you know? a Raheem Sterling like ninety seventh minute winner or something. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're again their nineteenth placement is is not really telling for what kind of team they are. Um, but I think it would be like a two one, and or three one. We might give up a goal in this game. I'm not sure though. I think I think my predictions are going to be two one. It might be difficult for us. Uh, they have a very small pitch at Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. The fans, it's very, it's a very intimate stadium. I think it only seats like seven or eight thousand. Oh. So it's not an easy place to play. I mean, some people think that that'll make it easier for us, but in fact, it doesn't. Um, hopefully, you know, we do get the three points, and next time we'll be talking to you guys, we'll have six more points in the bag. Um, any anything else you want to say before we sign off? I think that's I think I uh, said everything I needed to say, Zach. Um, make sure to check us out on Twitter, Romans Empire Pod. Um, oh, you could also email us Romans Empire Pod at gmail dot com. Um, let us know if you guys have questions. We've been engaging again um, with a lot of a lot of people this week. I've been shitting on a lot of people on Twitter. Um, yeah, so come at the, us with some strong shit, or else the Twitter's. I'm pretty much the one that uses Twitter out of both of us. I'd say, huh? Yeah, you can really tell the difference between when I'm using it and when Zach's using it because mine's a lot more civil and Zach just has just all no, all, you know, typical no filter football at all. hooliganism. All bars, yeah. Yeah, that, that man, that's a mouthful. Anyways, um, yeah, make sure to check us out on Twitter, um, SoundCloud as well. We're on iTunes. Really easy to find. Type in Roman's Empire Podcast. Do not type in Roman's Empire unless you're a history geek because you're going to find, you know, hundreds of lectures from you know ancient rome studies and stuff like that yeah but um yeah let us know what you guys think and uh until then we'll see you next week keep the blue flag flying high and up the chels